0: So, when we gather for worship, one of the main things we're supposed to do is center our lives around the communion table, when we have communion, but figuratively around Jesus Christ and his work, the living word of God. We access Jesus many times through reading the written word of God. And we are going to be certainly reading the word of God today, but the service is going to be different from anything we've ever done uh, in church, more akin to a variety show But i'll call it a variety service Um, so to start out with i'd like to uh, share a couple things today we're talking about spiritual friendship spiritual friendship it's part of the the trellis the support structure of our lives to have friendships we were made for friendship i watched a documentary about inmates who are in solitary confinement and, and they were interviewed and talked about how they kept their sanity let me tell you, people don't. A lot of people don't. It's a very cruel and terrible thing uh, to be in that situation because we were made for deep friendships. And Christians were made for deep friendships with other Christians. The first week of our study, we talked about this, this support system for our life, this trellis. I have one right here that you might have seen in a garden plant. It provides shrubs and vines something to grow up on so that it can access the sunshine and do all the things the plants do when the sun hits them and they're watered properly. So the trellis is what supports you and me. We can either be intentional and create a trellis led by the Holy Spirit for our life with God, or we can haphazardly grow on whatever happens to be around us, and that works too, but not as well. They're, when vines are, they grow regardless when they're connected to Christ, everything that touches Jesus grows, it just does. But some things are more clumsy than others to grow onto. So it's good to be intentional. We talked about Sabbath keeping we talked about prayer and scripture reading as the the foundations of our trellis of life with God um, that was in the in the category of the roots and then uh, in the category of relationships last week we talked about the importance of circling up in small group community and living life together and I divided that chapter in our book that we're reading together in our small groups uh, into two, two sermons circling up with the community of Christ Sunday mornings in living rooms and spiritual friendships we have with other people and certainly there is overlap there so to start the service to hold your attention I'm going to share and I put something on what does it say it says firewalker because I am pastor Nathan the firewalker I'm not culturally appropriating not intentionally but in September I walked across the bed of coals and bare feet. Now I'm a firewalker. With my best friend and his wife. And it was a really wonderful experience. That's something I'll talk about a little bit later. I didn't burn my feet off, in case you're wondering. The Word of God in Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12, says, A verse that you always hear in weddings. And so you always think to yourself marriage it's not about only marriage that's a very small view of this verse it's about spiritual friendship marriage being a very huge manifestation of that by God's original plan Ecclesiastes four two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor if either of them falls down one can help the other up but pity anyone who falls And has no one to help them up also if two lie down together they will keep warm but how can one keep warm alone though one may be overpowered two can defend themselves a cord of three strands is not quickly broken i'm going to pray and invite two of my friends one of which is a family member to share about spiritual friendship with you the first part of our time with god together father god i pray that today you'd speak to us you provide the words They'd weave a tapestry for us and give us a picture of what it means to be friends and how important it is in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask my assistant Rob to come and help me. Uh, we're going to move this table. Uh, in COVID 19, something really weird happened. Uh, it used to be that when you went on the interwebs to watch church on a Sunday morning, you know, to watch church, passively consume church, like we all had to do, um, there was only like mega churches and really polished churches online. And then during COVID, all these weird small churches like us, we got to be online too. So everyone got to peek into our strange little living rooms. I think that's a lot of fun. And so hello to all the online people. Uh, Welcome to the show, or should I say service, variety service. Uh, I'd like to invite Julie and Holly up to share.
1: So Holly and I have known each other, we've known each other probably what, 30 years? Jackie, you were, Six so CJ was three when we um, first started going to First Baptist um, Church in Balsam Spa. Um, so we were in the same Sunday school classes. Um, the kids were similar ages, and so when there were things going on with the kids, we were in the same, you know, space, same circles. We we the kids we would take the kids to Moreau Lake, and you know, so we were. We, we, we always knew who each other was, but we did not have a friendship at that point. So I think as uh, Holly led a couple of uh, Bible studies in her home, so that became a little more, um, we ca- became a little closer because I was coming into her home. Um, so I was able to get to know her better that way. Um, and then we, I don't know, how did we start like hanging out? She's not gonna talk. I can already tell you this. This is like gonna be like pulling teeth. Oh, come on. I don't
2: remember. Okay. I, just, I think it's gradual under your chin, like you told me. Oh, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> Good friends can do this. We can banter and you know. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know exactly. I mean I can't pinpoint an exact time. I just think one thing led to another. Um, our kids were hanging out. They weren't besties or any of that kind of stuff, but we had enough activities that we were doing together, we just felt a a camaraderie. We just felt like we could chat with one another, we could um, challenge one another, we could be honest with one another. And um, it was just a natural progression of being involved in a lot of the same activities. And then we learned
1: that we had some of the same interests, and so we started hiking together.
2: And that, I think, was a, a huge part yeah, that was the bonding part I think. yeah it really became we like we have something here because we really we talked yeah
1: and and it wasn't in the in a sunday school class or or you know with the kids it was just her and i you know going up the mountains and we've had some fun times <laughs> and i'm going to tell one of them oh no you're not. yes i am <laughs> yes i am <laughs> okay, so we decided to go hiking one day and, and our my son Nathan was with us and I think a couple of his friends. I don't know how we got that group together but we they
2: just asked, they said we're going hiking if you want to join us and they're like no we're going alone and they're like we're gonna do all this together. Yeah. So we all kind of met at the trailhead. Yeah. Well it's it was
1: misty, kinda of rainy, but we were all like, nah, you know nobody was gonna wimp out. So we decided we were gonna go hiking no matter what. It was warm, so she was wearing shorts and we hiked up we did our thing and as we're coming back, back down
2: these are white shorts by the way
3: <laughs>
1: i'm so like yeah. what is going on there and <laughs> there were bubbles coming down her legs, and i was like mm. i said do we need to like go off into the woods somewhere well it had to be the laundry detergent that was residue in her shorts because there were just these bubbles it's going down her legs (laughs) what is going on so so i know you're clean clean. yourself clean so um but those were the times that we talked we either not didn't talk and we were just together hiking or we talked and we you know we were able to build that trust in that relationship through those those times and there have been times when, you know, we've moved. We, are, as a family, have moved.
2: Twice. Um, but Twice. she's
1: not keeping count. Um, and that's been hard because when you move, you you lose that. And you don't sometimes even realize what you've lost until you've done that. And that was truly the case with us because there's just nobody like her.
2: I could go on we could tell stories and we could entertain you with things that we have done things that we've gone through good bad and otherwise Uh, silly things serious things hard things things where this one has held me accountable um, and it's hurt deeply because of things that I've said or I've done Um, things that have supported each of us things that we could tell you stories about how we both have been each other's rock um, when it's been hard, but also when we want to rejoice about something that we know who we can go, let's go and do something fun, and it doesn't matter because we're just going to hang. I think one of the things about spiritual friendships, and we talked about this the other day together, is we were like, what are we going to talk about? I I don't know, (laughs) Um, is our friendship was based continues to be based on our relationship in Jesus and it's not that we couldn't have a friendship otherwise but the depth of our friendship because Julie is not we have common interests absolutely but there are other things that she does that I have absolutely no interest in even wanting to read about and I'm certain there are things that I do that she's like really and that's that's fine that's cool but there's science science. fiction so um, there's, been, there's been, it's like the spiritual friendship has been as we have grown in our faith. And there were times, even in the beginning, we were at uh, Moreau. I remember sitting on the beach and, and I was reading a book. I, I'm a big reader, but I'm also um, a feeler in the respect that it's like I'm always saying, God, show me. I need, to, I need to see it. I need to touch it. I need to taste it. I need to. And I was... I was exploring who the holy spirit was not realizing the holy spirit was a person and reading some books and doing some things and this one unbeknownst to me had some background information about some of that that we began to share and that began to bond some things that we could question and we could go to our pastor at that point and and say what about this and what about that Um, so i mean again we could go on and on and on with stories but spiritual friendships, they start with a grounding in Christ. You know, and it doesn't have to be, oh, we're going to go and be, oh, holy in now and we're going to sit and pray, and we're going to do this every single day, and we're going to you know, share scriptures every day, and we're going to do. It's just knowing, I know in my gut, if I need her, she's there. Period. just I could call her at 2 in the morning, she'd be there, and vice versa. Um so there's, a, there's a, a stableness, there's a, a grounding there, um, which reminds me of what Jesus talks about. He's always there. I can call him at 2 in the morning. You know, he's not going anywhere. It's me who might turn away occasionally, more often than I want to admit. Um, he turns away or you turn away? I turn away. OK, just clarifying and, that. And, and when that happens, my accountability, she says, where are you going? In her own way, in a way that she can talk to me that I'm going to listen to and understand. But I think there's also there's a, a decision that we made, and I don't know if we ever verbalized it, but a decision we made that we're going to make this work. Maybe when they took their first trip and they moved to South Carolina. And I'm like, dude, where are you going? <laughs> you know, and that was just part of military life. That was part of what was going on. And it was really hard. But we verbally made a commitment before they moved and we said, we're going to stay in touch somehow. And, and it wasn't as easy as it is today. Okay, the social media, all that stuff, and it, it was there, but it wasn't nearly as prevalent. All right, smartphones, I don't think they were. I, you know, I don't think, you know, um, I think maybe we had phones that like you can pull the little antenna and you can yeah. go outside and talk yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know, dating myself. Um, but we made a commitment. And spiritual friendships go through rocky times. And they go through hard times and when you're having someone hold you accountable you might get really angry at the person and go how dare you do that yet or wait 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 no I'm gonna deny that I didn't do that Um, yet there's a there's a a commitment of saying I'm gonna make this work and I'm not gonna quit I won't quit this person and I know she's not gonna quit me and you have to make that decision and other sacrifices that happen absolutely Um, we made a commitment again not verbally um, years ago years and years ago to have coffee once a week we do still except for when she's down visiting in Texas or I'm on vacation or the yeah, snow it's is very three rare feet high. that we, we miss that we just we don't miss s- it it's just f- something that's just part of our and do we chat about spiritual things Sometimes. sometimes we just talk about the dogs yeah <laughs> sometimes we talk about the kids Sometimes we talk about something that's really been pressing on us that we've been really concerned about. And we meet at coffee shops, we meet, we yeah. walk in the park sometimes. It just depends on what, what our, right? But friendships take work. Friendships take where you want to make the sacrifice to say this person is going to be there, you know? Um,
1: right. And I think that, that level of spirituality, you know, of course, it, 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 Jesus is that foundation for us and the relationship with him you know our relationship is a reflection of what our relationship with christ is Um, because we have to spend that time we have to have those struggles we have to have those those times when when we're really having a great time together uh, or when we're not having a great time together so the mirror is for us is very apparent is our relationship with Christ and, and our
0: relationship? With each other. Thanks. Thanks so much. Leave it on, please. So far, so good, everybody. But the the, uh, the variety service must go on. I'm a huge uh, coffee mug enthusiast, in particular the Denine Pottery Company in New Hampshire that makes these beautiful mugs for the Deathwish Coffee Company. I have a big collection of these. If you've been in my office, you've seen them. Usually my mug on the the, the stage at church is the big yellow one where I drink my coffee from. It's a skeletal Rosie the Riveter, and it says, we can do it. I look into its eyes. It's creepy. I think, I can do this. But today, it says, I can't speak French. La vie est belle. Life is beautiful. And it's got a picture of two creepy dolls who love each other. With hearts on their and I, I drink from this cup in celebration because I, I do drink cups from cups symbolically and poetically, and you have to figure out the meaning. Um, but I'm going to invite my wife up here with me, who is a friend of mine. One might say, as a as a married man for 15 years, I'm finally learning to treat my treat my wife like a friend, a really good friend, my best friend, my most important spiritual friend, and I want to share with you as part of our variety service, a poem that I wrote on Mother's Day Day in 2019. It's called Mother. I'm very creative. (laughs) Someday they'll say, she was a mother to me. And they won't just mean you gave birth to them. They will say it with tears and the feeling like they cannot go on They won't live a day without thinking of you. They will begin to count the days until the reunion. Even on your worst days, you are an incredible mother. The kids know that, and I do too. It's a bit weird to say, but you've helped me out this year. Your strength as a mother has benefited me as well, as I fragmented and fell apart. You are the reason I can continue to preach and pastor. It's the mother energy I needed. That's a weird thing I'm saying. I promise I won't say it again, but it is the truth someone to understand listen and tell me I'm not the monster I feel like I am sometimes sometimes I feel like a monster but I'm a functional monster because of you this is very cheeky there's there's a emojis with winky eyes in this someone to tell me it's going to be okay that God loves me even though I cannot feel it I truly can't feel it right now at least I have you you gather us in your wings and you unfold us you keep us from fire and water. Without you, we would be lost. Happy Mother's Day. One of the best people I know. I told you it was going to be messy. I want to Jackie up here because jackie, jackie contains wisdom. Lots of wisdom. Because most often when I cannot feel Christ and I'm falling apart in my life over various things that happen to me like death and destruction and sickness and sin and pain that we all go through I I cry out to Christ in prayer and I can't feel his presence and when I open up to my best spiritual friend I realize that I'm seeing the face of Christ in her eyes because she convinces me that I am beloved of God and if she can love me, then God can love me. She can help me or forgive me, support me. God can. And then it's, then all of a sudden, there I am, back with God. You know? It's an amazing kind of thing about marriage in Christ. And she is my best friend. You know, sometimes when I've looked, been downcast and couldn't raise my head for sadness or shame or hurt, I've seen, I've seen Christ in her. This is not your typical, like, 10 part series on how to be a good friend biblically speaking like a we're we're small and scrappy here friendships fall into multiple categories one of my greatest spiritual friends was my spiritual mentor uh, bo sanders who i came to christ underneath his ministry some of you are here from those days he was the pastor of this church i came to christ in 2001 I happened to be brought by a friend of a friend to a service here at new life he shared and i encountered the holy spirit and i went forward to be prayed for and there was no altar call it was just an awkward crying person and he prayed for me and i i uh ended up being a part of the church and um when i graduated college with my my psychology and counseling degree psych degree um i knew that i wanted to be probably be in ministry and my friend beau he took me under his wing, and he said, I'm going to let you apprentice with me for a year. I'm going to just take you everywhere I go and uh, do life with you. He taught me to fly fish. He taught me how to sit in a sports bar and watch soccer. He taught me me lots of manly things. He taught me how to canoe and to camp. Uh, He taught me how to know the grace and love of God, which is something I try to pass along to people. Um, He's still a mentor in my life, but he is a a dear friend. We text every week, we talk on the phone. Um, I love him so much. And uh, that's an important category, the mentor. Someone that takes you with them, probably at an inconvenience to them, you know, in some way, takes you with them to their youth group, when they're leading youth group, like he was, when he writes his sermons, when he, comes up with worship service ideas they're crazy and wants your help to do it right um, he said every time I look at the Taco Bell in, in Wilton I think about Bo because we go there when I was late teen early 20 and talk and eat tacos it's pretty great um, I saw his strengths I saw his weaknesses and I loved him deeply and seeing both his strengths and weaknesses that that the reason I saw those because he let me see them he let everyone see them and that is why he was a good spiritual friend to me that's an important category
3: well and he didn't necessarily make extra events that they did or actually he just brought Nathan alongside in what he was already doing and so if you are feeling called to mentor you're in a place in your life where you feel like that's kind of the next step that you are ready to pour into somebody else it doesn't have to be a huge commitment of time or something extra that you add to your plate you just bring them alongside to what you're already doing
0: amen I remember uh, when Bo invited me to come on the mission trip to Bosnia with Connie Patty, and, and Bo's wife Christy CJ and uh, it's fun to be friends all these years Connie I was a kid that's really awesome um, He let me have a little office space in the old office in the old church building that we were renting. And it was at the top of a staircase. It was less than the size of a desk. And if I moved my chair an inch too far back, I'd fall down the stairs. (laughs) But I was volunteering and having fun. It wasn't a job. It was a passion for me. I was working two other jobs. um, And he, he ended up mentoring me for two years. Wow. Inestimable. Another category of friendship. You know, and you heard about it this morning, accountability and fun. Let's face it, the religious spirit that is always attacking Christ's church and saps the fun out of everything we do and it makes us feel miserable and hate ourselves, um, also makes us feel miserable about scripture reading, prayer, or even the idea of like be, having a spiritual friend. It's another task we have to do. It's gonna be, we have to like read these certain verses and pray these certain prayers and do this magic ritual to make it worthy in God's sight. But that's not the case. Accountability and fun can go together. Um, And my friend Aaron, my fellow Firewalker, Aaron Kunzman, who used to be a teaching pastor here and started out as an engineer and ended up being a pastor. He's now pastoring in Boston Spa. I meet with him every Thursday. Um, We take turns at either person's facility, we talk, then we walk across fires, which was Aaron's dream from the time he was a small child and saw on the National Geographic channel people walking over fires. So yes, it must be cultural appropriation. I'm sorry to everyone, I've offended. but we're both firewalkers now, and Bonnie comes was also a firewalker. Uh, that was a fun time. I'll let you try to guess which Sunday I preached less than ten hours after I walked over a fire, because <laughs> we got back at two in the morning, because it was in it was far away. Um, Aaron, I've, I, I decided about Aaron that he was a trustworthy friend um, because he became my my lay ministry partner for a season. You know, when I was part time. And doing like young adult ministry in this church i think i think he was here before i no he was here after i had come on staff part-time here and uh we started a regional young adult ministry together and we started sharing our struggles together and we were both unmarried and all this kinds of stuff having we started having campfires and hiking and doing all kinds of fun stuff up to and including walking over fires and uh, i shared with him there's nothing about my life is a secret from Aaron. When I die, I will die without secrets. Because Aaron keeps them for me. You know what I'm saying? Living with secrets is is, kill, is a killer, your spiritual life. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you will have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from your sins. We're supposed to live life in, in the light, in the presence of at least one person. So we die without secrets, we live without secrets, we spare ourselves from ulcers and... The pain of keeping secrets and many other things that are hurting us today in this world we live in i have my my friend nate he's my narcissist friend meaning i'm the narcissist because we both have the same name so he's my friend (laughs) nathan charles is pastor of hope church in boston spa and i love this guy you'd love him too i've sent people over to him before he's someone i can talk to he's someone that meets me to work out helps me with my health and and he helps me with my spiritual health and I can talk to him about things he doesn't judge me and he shares with me and I share with him praise God for that I didn't give I didn't ask for permission from anybody to share the names publicly on the internet <laughs> I'm not gonna share all the names either I have a list of names on here the size of the church directory but it, but Nate is a great friend and I just have so many incredible friends um, all of them I think connected to this church and have developed into personal friendships and uh, it's an amazing thing to do life with these friends each week in many different ways because this truly this church is um, our our mission and vision is we are to be a close-knit family of God together with Jesus at the head pastor is not the sole proprietor of this thing it's Christ we all plug into the head who is Christ and each part does its work and we become friends. And ministry is a great time to become friends. If you ask me about COVID-19, let's, let's just shout out some buzzwords. I say COVID-19, you say? Oh, uh, bummer. <laughs> Lots of bummer stuff. Double masking, triple masking, whatever, I don't know. Whatever they talked about in the news. Board games. When I think about COVID-19, I think about two things. That time I preached in my iPhone while I had COVID,
3: from the basement
0: <laughs> from the basement of our old house that's three things okay um selling and buying a house during COVID miraculously an amazing term of events and third one of my one of my great uh blessings is my my spiritual friendship and my personal friendship with Rob who was playing guitar today uh, who I love and I love Rob because he was my entire church family during COVID
1: because Rob
0: is an expert video man he knows how to do stuff he's the reason we can do this and he helped us jerry rig a thing together because you couldn't buy anything because everything was sold out and they were scalping people and selling technology for triple quadruple the price and Rob helped us figure it out and he came each week and like filmed me the narcissist preaching each week and leading (laughs) worship too and we just became good friends and I have so much fun with Rob and I love Rob and we have talked about everything and um our love, love of music is a huge thing that we love to talk about, but it's really fun to have friends like that. It's really important, too.
3: Well, and I think you made a good point of, um, you know, sometimes those friendships come through ministering together, and so even something like the Great Fall Giveaway that we just had, we had um, people come and help set up, and I was able to have conversations with people that i haven't had conversations with at church before because we were in the same space we were in the same room setting up clothing we were there ministering together for for a a similar purpose and so um, sometimes it's just a matter of figuring out where god wants you to be in ministry and you know those friendships can come out of that as well
0: that's a great point this is why she's up here guys (laughs) just need to crack it open and let it out Obviously, you know Jackie's my marriage friend every every spouse by God's design should be your friend you know it doesn't mean that it's perfect so it can get ugly it can get really ugly in marriage sometimes it can get ugly when one person's suffering and struggling for instance with a death um, in the family or or a, a sickness or an illness caretaking um, it's not the only way to, to experience it is to, to, to love like Jesus did in the context of marriage, which means self-sacrifice, giving your life for the other person every day to the best of your ability and being held accountable to not become a monster. <laughs> no, she, she would never be a monster, though. Um, but it's, it's amazing to have a friend like Jackie. I've already read the poem. There was a day last year, I was at a... Uh, Conference at Pine Knolls. It was a pastor conference for our district, and uh, the day before, my 30-year-old cousin died. Um, it was very tragic, very unexpected, and um, I went to the conference. I got through the conference and went home, and I made a, a spiritual friend when my when my uh, 11-year-old daughter Olivia said, "Hey, Daddy, I'm sorry about your cousin." And I just I I almost blacked out. I was so crying so hard, and she just hugged me. And she held me there. It's amazing how your kids can be your friends. Just just a question, and I just fell apart. And I, I I still carry that with me to this day. Many of you do too. Going into Christmas, all my friends. Well, I'm not going to go into it, but it's just a lot of grief around this this season for people. We got pray for each other. Uh, Thank you, Olivia, for being a good spiritual friend to me. All of my kids have become spiritual friends to me. I love to talk to them about God and read the Bible with them if they want to or ride mountain bikes if they want to. And I like to get hugs from the little five-year-old, and they always make me feel really good. I meet with um, some very close friends for prayer on Wednesdays. Linda is is a... very close friend you know, Mike and Mel uh, Lynn we meet for prayer generally and, and um it's just it's awesome to have 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 you guys as friends my closest friends uh, in this in this place and I'm um, so thankful for that and here's one you might you might expect to hear about in church Jesus is my friend Jesus is my friend because Jesus is a friend of sinners Matthew 11:19. he didn't call himself that he was accused of that but it was true that was one of the things they said about him that was true he was a friend of sinners he came to seek and save the lost so that's why jesus is my friend because i'm that guy right i'm a fall apart guy sometimes john fifteen thirteen, jesus laid down his life for his friends greater love has no man than this that he, that he laid down his life for his friends jesus laid down his life for his friends it's the purest manifestation of friendship um, Jesus also said that I was his friend. It Says in John fifteen fifteen, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. John fifteen fifteen, his spirit is in me, and he's made himself known to me, like that day when I got saved, and several times afterwards. Jesus, according to Romans eight twenty eight, is my friend who's always working in the background for my good. Behind the scenes in my life, despite persistent disobedient times, sin times, he has striven and used all of that for my good. He's that's a good friend. That's a really good friend. Jesus holds our secrets and he takes the, the darkness and turns it into light. That's what that's what King David said. The Lord is my lamp, he turns my darkness into light. Um that's 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 that was King David's experience after a long term. Adulterous uh, relationship that ended in him murdering the husband of the person that he um, Had committed adultery with and he was disconnected from God and his bones were wasting away in him And he that's what he said he wrote all this poetry in the, in the Psalms, but He ended by saying the Lord is my lamp. He turned my darkness into light. That's a good friend You will come to know Jesus Especially when you come to know the flesh-and-blood people who call him Lord you will find his face and his words hidden in the face and mouths of your friends. Church. It's so important to have Christians in these categories of friendship, mentorship, um, accountability, especially, um, and the closest relationships that you have, because if your goal is, if you're a Christian, presumably your goal is to be conformed to the image of Christ over time, it's developmental, Um, you need to have um, people that have that same goal otherwise you're not going to get towards that goal as quickly or as easily God will still you, work in your life but you can certainly lose that you can, get, you can lose the plot pretty quickly it's pretty important to have those people as your main friends but non-christian friends are great too I love my non-christian friends they're, they're, we have a blast, we talk about Jesus we talk about, I listen to their concerns and uh, disagreements and we respect each other and have a great time but you know, we don't have the same goal overarching goal
3: so you know well and sometimes those friendships can be the person that you're not expecting the person that i have been mentored by for seven years now was not someone that i knew very well i just knew her through a bible study that i was a part of and um, it wasn't even like we hung out outside of the bible study but i was just praying because i wanted someone in my life that would disciple me especially in the area of prayer. And God just kind of shone a light on her because, or shined a light on her, however you say it, um, because she, I saw her as an amazing prayer warrior. And so I just walked up to her and I said, hey, this is what I see in you. This is where I would like to grow. Would you be willing to meet with me and talk about that? And we've been meeting monthly for like seven years now. And so, you know, sometimes when you're feeling... Like, you don't have any friends, or you have no one to look for. You have no prospects in that way. Just pray, and God will show you. And it might be the person that you least expect.
0: Like I'm on the 700 Club too. You ever see that old show on the 80s? <laughs> send us your seed tithe and we'll, send, we'll be blessed. <laughs> isn't that right, but honey, isn't that right? I hair needs to be bigger, though. It needs to be much bigger. It needs to be <laughs> sweatier and scarier. Um, <laughs> that was nice. We are, when, we do, when people commit to doing life with us in short-term small groups or long-term small groups, those people just become, by default, close spiritual friends. And, so, and those friendships, some of them are, are like acquaintance, like we like you, you like us, we talk. But some of them go much, much deeper and you end up going on vacation with them multiple times, uh, like we have with, with, with the Rowarts and other families in the church, um, camping, vacations. Um, and you, and you, you get the, to see the blessing of your kids growing up in the context of a community of people, because faith is caught, not taught, with kids. It's also often caught, not taught, with adults. Being in these friendships is the most life-giving thing you can have. Um, but yeah, we we just have loved um, almost. I feel like almost everyone in this room we've been in small groups with, and we've gone deep. with A lot of you guys hanging and meeting up, and like the. Mike and Melissa, and uh, and others who are not here, and, and of course the Jenks and different people, and you know, it's cool. It's just a random thing where the Holy Spirit has has said, "I want let's let's put us together in a group, and then something happens." It's awesome. Okay. In our wedding, I told the story before we we chose when we got married 15 years ago to have our ring bearer and flower girl be church kids because we wanted we were saying to ourselves and to our family and to our church family that you know Jesus' blood is thicker than anything you know like uh, the art our, our church family is going to become our family so, so when I walk around Saratoga or see people walk on the door I think you know this is now a family member that we're taking as friends and family that's important
3: yeah and Nathan and I are very blessed in our marriage to have both of our families close um, my parents are just 15 minutes away and obviously come to church here and his parents are about 35 minutes away but growing up I didn't have that um, I was a Navy kid we thankfully didn't move as much as most Navy families did. We were here for nine years, Um, but I didn't have grandparents to go visit locally. I didn't have cousins to hang out with. Um, We didn't have people to spend holidays with. And so our church family became our family. And so even though we have blood family here, it still is very important to me and to Nathan That our church family becomes our family as well and um, I also say that to just encourage you that if you don't have family locally if you don't have you know people that you can call on to babysit or whatever like know that we are here for you if you call and say you know I need to go to a doctor's appointment can you watch my kids I homeschool my kids I am home all the time call me and I'm they can come join the chaos the more the merrier and so just know though. that the we are we would love to be that for you because we I grew up having that um, modeled in my church family oh yeah so something that my mom and Holly didn't touch on um, and that I you might have heard me say before is that um, my parents and Holly and another couple I always say we're doing small groups before small groups were cool because um, they started meeting every Sunday night and they will say it was, you know, to pray about some things at the church that they weren't super happy about. But through that, you know, they prayed that the church would change, but through that time, God really changed their hearts and them. Um, But that was such a special time. And like Holly said, you know, I'm not best friends with her kids, you know, I don't i see her daughter at um, healthy living and we chat and stuff but um but though i look back at that time with fondness just that seeing my parents and their friends in the living room praying for our church praying for each other um, having that modeled for me and then um, just having this safe space where i had this bunch of kids we'd run around the neighborhood and play in the basement and you know all that was just A wonderful time and so again that's another reason nathan and i are so passionate about small groups is because we want our kids to see that we want our kids to see us in living rooms with our friends with um people who are going to pray for us and love us and live life with us and you know they get to go and hang out with their friends and be together and um like nathan said you know faith is caught not taught and i want to show them that through our lives and so you know you hear us say a lot at new life about small groups and this is why because we truly believe that small groups is the way that we come together and we become a family and we live life together because stuff happens in small groups you work through hurts you work through you rejoice together you know um May and Brian just had a baby, and we're so excited. They're part of our small group, and um, everyone was just so excited to hear that they had their baby, and to see pictures, and to um, get to love on him. And you know, so it's just so wonderful to live together in that community.
0: Yeah, and and it's also besides the fact that that churches need the body to be engaged, every every member for it to function in ministry. Um, serving, as Jackie said earlier, serving in small groups are the ways you make these close friendships. I mean, the, the, the people you spend the time with doing the stuff with are the people you will draw close to. You know, when people move on from the church and they're like, oh, we'll still, we'll still we'll be still friends, we'll still talk. Well, you don't see them anymore, so you're, it's not gonna happen. We're all very busy. The church is a part of our life where we do life together. We, those are the people that you can, you know, successfully in a busy, busy world where we're all very busy, um, It's like an overlap that covers life in an amazing way, service and small group. And yeah, that's a big thing.
3: One thing that I was, um, when Nathan and I were talking about the service, um, I was telling him about when we moved to South Carolina, I was 16 and 17 when we were down there. And so I was young, but I went, we went from a very, not very small, I mean, First Baptist wasn't teeny tiny, but it was a community and it was a family and then we went to this huge church in south carolina i did not make any friends in that church and part of it was because of my attitude i was like they need to come to me i'm new here they need to be coming and talking to me and making me feel comfortable and while there is some truth to that you know we want to be the type of community that people feel comfortable and we want to be the type of people who welcome new people that walk in the door. There's also something, you know, we have to play our part too. And so fast forward to after I graduated college. So now I'm 21, 22. Um, We lived in Texas at that time. And I went to a church that was a larger church, but I sat there that first Sunday and I was like, I'm not doing this again. I'm not reliving South Carolina with no friends and my church not being plugged in. And so the very first sunday i walked up to one of the ushers and i said i'm looking for a young adult group i would like to connect what do you have here and he um, introduced me to his wife who led a bible study for young adult women and that was one of the most amazing years of my life growing with those spiritual friendships with those Girls, and that never would have happened had I not stepped out of my comfort zone and said, and made it happen. Um, so I say that to say, you know, sometimes it's on us, but I also want to encourage us as a church body to be the type of community that is looking out for people who are new, who may be more introverted, who may not be the ones that are going to step out and say, I want friendship, I want community, I want connection, and we need to help make that happen. And we would just love for that to be part of who we are at New Life as well, that that we are constantly looking around and making sure that people are connecting.
0: Amen. One One of the things in our culture that is very prevalent, especially post COVID, post whatever, wherever we are now, where everything is so contentious, you know, first of all, people have left the churches in droves. I read, I read a book called The Great Dechurching. The, the good news, they're sociologists and like scientific research type stuff, as far as I can tell. Good book. But uh, the amazing thing about the world is they found through their surveying that if someone just invited someone to church who like, had stopped going to church, that person will likely just come back. Isn't that interesting? These spiritual friendships, people that fall off or, or just slip away, a, a simple invitation, they'll come back. Um, it, it's a it's a primal need that we all have to be in community together in Christ and but and um, a lot of times in churches it, it can be like the world is um, like a, like with like same with same we all believe the same things about everything not just about Christianity but about everything and that's just not the reality of life the reality is that beautiful lovely Christians of every type you can imagine every every Um, differing view, you can imagine, come together in the name of Jesus. It's Jesus that unites them. And so um, in in a world that's fractured, we don't want to join that trend of fracturing people apart from each other over secondary issues, but to be united in Christ, for for one, um, if you surround people, surround yourself with people that think about the world exactly like you do, you'll never be challenged to grow. And you will be fortified in your Positions and you will be—you'll lose humility. It's really important to be in conversation with people that are different from you in many ways, um, across age, across ability and disability, across um, ethnicities, across uh, any kind of barrier that you can imagine. Uh, we we need to be able to have unity because Jesus prayed in John 17. He said, "Father, my prayer is that they would be one, as you and I are one, so that the world can know that you sent me." And unity is pretty cheap when it's just a bunch of people that think the same thing gathering together You know, that's how the world does it, but let's not be let's not degrade ourselves that way, right? To, to, to become that kind of tribal tribalism um, I like what Jackie said our likeness is Christ, but we are not cookie-cutters of one another That's good So we have we have an amazing theology of, of the Bible and, and uh, you can read it on our website it's re- in, in the CMA our denomination it is all the basics you know the but it doesn't like talk doesn't demand that you agree on all secondary issues and so we it's a big it's a bigger tent it's a good thing it's a healthy thing we learn from each other we think better we become better independent thinkers we have better spiritual health um, we stave off pride and pharisaism and we come together The the world the world is just coming a place like the Bible says where people bite and devour one another Paul says you're biting and devouring one another be careful or you'll be destroyed right that's a paraphrase it may not be correct but there you go ad living (laughs) variety show we want to be part of a church of relationships that go beyond those boundaries that the world sets Um, friendship with people who are different from us in unity
3: and different doesn't have to mean you know I think in this day and age automatically we think differences like political differences or you know some ideas of the bible that could mean where stage in life you know like like nathan said you know some of his most encouraging people in his life are people who have raised their kids already and who are in a stage of life where they can look back on that time and say you know this is this is how life was then we understand and now speaking from a place of wisdom into into our lives and so you know it doesn't even just have to be your beliefs it could be you know where you're at and think about you know if you are at a place in your life where you aren't in the trenches so to say of raising young kids and all of that like You know, pray about how God could use you to speak into other people's lives because we need that wisdom. with four kids, you know, 12 and under. Like, there's a lot that goes on and a lot that we don't know and we don't know how to do. And so to hear from people that have gone through it is just such a blessing.
0: So to close uh, this time together, the phrase kid gloves, have you heard that phrase before? A dictionary says, I looked it up this morning, to handle or treat something with kid gloves is to do so with special consideration or in a tactful manner, often due to a perceived sensitivity. This poem that I wrote a couple years ago is called Kid Gloves. And you're going to have to let your brain stretch a little bit to understand what it's saying. People are the context of their ideas, like literally. Their ideas are in their skulls, hemmed in by warm human flesh. If you want the nut inside it, you have to crack it. And to crack it without killing them is the goal. At least I hope that's your goal. Actually, it's best to create the conditions for them to open up instead. Like when fruit is past ripe, sometimes people just need to bust out. And they need empathic friends to help, to hold their hand, to reassure them. No, you're not a monster. You make perfect sense to me. Remember that if you press too hard, like a Brazil nut, there will be little pieces everywhere of shell and meat that you'll have to pick at with that weird little nut tool that no one uses, It looks like Mr. Scrapey from your childhood dentist's office. Be careful, and please wear kid gloves. If you are loving, patient, and kind, you can get to the meat. You can help put them back together. You can succeed where Humpty Dumpty's friends failed. That is the power of love. I'm going to invite the worship team forward to share a closing song. Let's sing together. Join our hearts and our hands, not literally, but figuratively, unless you really want to do that, in friendship together.